Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, 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 no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. Yeah. <laughs> They'd get his. <laughs> I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Dave. Dave smells like nougat. Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. Well, the Saints finally played in an actual football game and defeated the St. Louis Rams 26-24. to uh, They were in St. Louis, which means Kevin Held has no excuse to not have seen this game. So, Kevin, you saw... Wait, what? <laughs> I, heard you, I, I heard you say my name. What? Yeah. You 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 saw this game, correct? The the Rams Saints. You, you were there. Wait, who won? <laughs> the Saints won because. Woo! Yeah, baby! Woo! <laughs> oh man, great victory! Great victory! Uh, how many yards did uh did uh did Gryffindor throw for? About 170, I think. Tulane, baby! Football factory! Uh, Kevin always given the, the analytical... Hot takes, baby! Hot takes! Tulane's where it's at! Academics and athletics, baby! Yeah! I'm driving and surprisingly not drunk. Nice. Yeah. Are the windows up or down? Oh, the windows are down. <laughs> I just, I just terrified. Hopefully, my voice carried uh, and scared away anybody that wanted to cause trouble. Kevin held all class. We, we should stop the podcast right now. We should. It just end on, on a good a, note. Ended on a high note. Uh, Andrew, preseason games, unless your team is looks fantastic or terrible like the Houston Texans did when they lost 32 to nothing. It all sort of blurs together and you forget it very quickly. So even though it's Friday, it seems like five years ago. Um, the thing that stuck out to me the most was, uh, oh my God, if the Saints are missing Champ Bailey and they're missing Patrick Robinson uh, and have to play the Pirate. Uh, Stanley Jean Baptiste. Uh, this secondary could be fucked. Am yeah. I being Ralph Saint? Am I just being doomy that I always am, or is that a legitimate concern right about now? Uh, well, I I think the safety play is so good, and you you know we haven't even seen Jairus Bird yet. You hope that him over the top 
brings an element that as fans we haven't really seen yet. I mean, let, let's remember that Malcolm Jenkins um, is what we've been stuck with at free safety for the better part of the last three years. And I don't care what anyone says. Based on what I've witnessed, he's been garbage. The, the, um, advanced, the advanced stats say Malcolm Jenkins is garbage. The, yeah, exactly. The advanced stats say it, and somehow this guy gets a huge contract with Philly, and he was loved by the Saints, by the organization while he was here. Um, I never really got that. He never, To me, he never turned that corner, um, and the stats support it. But um, so Character think, guy with a high motor. Yeah, exactly. Bow tie. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the Saints have such a good pass rush, such a good defensive line. Um, and then we just talked about the elements with Vaccaro and Bird. So I think there's elements to mask. And, you know, you've got Keenan Lewis on the other side that kind of locks it down. So you can mask a bad player or, or kind of some deficiencies defensively when you've got such strong areas in yeah. other parts. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's the, the old adage that when you have a great player – he makes everyone around him better. So, you know, having Jairus Bird in there makes a big difference, I think. Um, but it's a concern. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that if Champ Bailey's healthy, Champ Bailey is the answer. You know, I'm not convinced that Champ Bailey at this point in his career is, is a number two quality corner. Um, I, I think right now in the starting now, I, I could talk about depth and I could talk about other positions where I think the Saints are thin. But if you ask me, at starter, where are they the weakest, or where is the biggest question mark? I would say that right up there with kicker, it's number two corner for me. I mean, I look at the secondary, and the thing that concerns me, Andrew, is if I know they say Jarrett's right, I know they say he's going to be ready. Uh, everybody knows my position on the Saints. I believe they lie and lie and lie about injuries, and until Jarrett's bird is starting week one, I won't believe it. If they are playing. Vaccaro and Raphael Bush at safety and have uh, Keenan Lewis and Corey White as the, as the start in corners. Uh, how concerned would you be on that Sunday? How much drink – how much more drinking would that cause you to do? I'd be pretty concerned because Corey White would either be on an island against Julio Jones or Roddy White. I mean, either way, he would have to cover one of those guys, and presumably Matt Ryan would be going there all day long. I mean, I, I vaguely remember Matt Ryan. Um, who, who was who did he pick on unmercifully in that second game? He had some garbage receiver we had never heard of, and he was throwing to him every play. I think that was Corey White. It was Corey it? White. I can't remember the receiver's yeah. name. Yeah, so, I mean, if Corey White's starting, I'm sure we'll get a, a duplicate of that. Um, except the receiver will be better because it'll be either. I mean, Corey White, I think, has made a lot of strides, but to me, he's clearly a nickel guy. He's clearly a slot cover guy. He's not a guy that is going to excel on the outside. And again, I'm not convinced the Saints really have a guy uh, other than Keenan Lewis that can kind of help sure. them in that in that in that style. Well, so you got again, you got to hope Patrick Robinson's healthy, and you know if, if Champ Bailey's not going to pan out. P-Rob's kind of the only other guy that I think can really do that. Well, I mean, the final note on the corners is you depend on Patrick Robinson. Patrick Robinson has never shown us any stretch of being even slightly above average. Oh, there's no question at this point Patrick Robinson can be labeled a bona fide first-round bust. 
But he gets a pass because it was a, it was post Super Bowl and they picked thirty second. All right, Kevin. Yeah. Before before I ask and you can't you can't really blame him for Spagnola. That you're yeah. you know that's not on him. So, um, before I ask Kevin this question, I want to say to everybody that joined our fantasy league and tried to join our fantasy league and I had to return the money to you. Uh, we were kind of overwhelmed that like this many people wanted to join our goofy ass fantasy football league. Um. So thank you to everyone who uh, joined the league and uh, contributed. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Edu slash podcast towards the uh, donation to keep the podcast funded. Um, and in the spirit of fantasy football, Kevin, you are super pumped about it. Um, with the running, the running game for the Saints looked as fantastic as it looked in the playoffs with with Kyrie Robinson and Mark Ingram. Playoff, um, playoff. So, Kevin, has you did, did I know it's just one game, but looking at the the running game with the Saints, did it change your opinion about the ceilings of either Ingram or Kyrie Robinson for this year? Uh, I'm I, I'm just gonna keep it simple because I can't uh, go on like Andrew can about stuff like this. I just <laughs> so I, Ke- yeah, Kevin, I you really didn't watch the game. No. Really? <laughs> no. It was in your own town, man. I, dude, let me tell you something. If you've been in the Edward Jones Dome, which I have, to watch a football game with the Saints and the Rams, which I did last year, and you had to deal with all that bullshit parking, getting to the stadium, getting in, sitting down, watching that game, being in the stadium, having to get out of there in downtown St. Louis. You yeah, yeah. I, I, I get all that, but, but Kevin, even without – with basic cable – without hell, without cable, with only local channels, that's your one chance in the entire preseason to watch the Saints. No, they're on CBS the third week. He's got another uh, – You know uh, – you didn't, you didn't just flip through the local channels and just see what was on that night and, oh, what do you know? My favorite football team is on TV. <laughs> I was not at home Friday evening. Were you manhorning? Did you did you naked selfies? Did you not watch the Saints preseason game because you were manhorning? I will neither confirm nor. No, he was man. Andrew, he was manhorning this week instead of preparing for this podcast. Kevin, I'll give you a pass. How many times have I prepared for this podcast? I don't know. I just like to say it. It sounds it You can probably count on two hands in the entire like eight-year history that you and I have been doing this podcast. Probably. Like we would exchange two emails about a goofy in- introduction that only we thought was funny. But seriously, you must have read – I mean I feel like that – 
Mark Ingram, I I feel like he looked different in that game, Andrew. He looked healthy, first he of looked, all. He looked faster. Yeah, he did look fast. He did. I agree. He looked fast. He looked healthy. I mean, he he was he was hitting the hole more decisively, which to me, first of all, it was a really good sign because I saw him play in the scrimmage, and he definitely wasn't doing that. He was doing kind of the 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 old school dance around in the backfield and get hit for a loss type deal. The Reggie Bush oh the Reggie stuff. Bush yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so he was doing that, and I was like, great, we're in for another season of this. But uh, he wasn't doing that. I mean, he was hitting holes decisively, and almost. Every single time, the first guy would miss, and he would make the he would break that tackle. So uh, that's to me that's really encouraging. Now, is he going to be able to string these together? That's the big question. But at least right now, he seems like he's in the form that we want him to be in. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, the Saints have only had one thousand yard rusher under Sean Payton, and I'm not sure that's possible. But the, wait, who? Oh, Deuce. Deuce. Deuce, Deuce in 06. Deuce. Yeah, okay. Barely. That barely um, even counts, but okay. Yeah, well, I mean, still, it's 1,000 yards. And I feel like, for fantasy purposes, um, are are they going to split the carries, you think, at the goal line? Or are they going to they, – they, they, for like years and years, they were always trying to jam Mark Ingram at the goal line. I mean, remember last year in Tampa where they just ran that mother um, – did they run him like six times and they couldn't get in? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, do you feel like, Andrew, they'll split the carries, or do you feel like one of the guys will get the carries? Because I feel like if you could tell me marking Kyrie Robinson or marking, if you could tell me which one was going to score more touchdowns, that would obviously make them a lot more valuable and maybe a borderline two running back or a flex, not to be fantasy nerd. Yeah, I don't want to get too complicated with this answer. Um, I mean, part of me fears that they're still going to think of Ingram as kind of their power guy. And so anytime there's a short yardage situation, he's the guy, you know, Ingram's the, the short yardage back. But I'm hoping that, and part of this is, you know, the departure of Darren Sproles and, and the, the, the decision mm-hmm. that part ways with him to trade him is I think the Saints felt like their packages, their sub packages at running back were making the plays a little too predictable. In other words, whoever was in the game, that was a tell in terms of what play they were running. And yeah. When my, my when my wife who knows football <laughs> very well, but when my wife knows Can, what play is coming, that's bad. then it's time for Sean Payton to start doing a better job. With yeah, my 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 mom, my mom was starting to figure it out at the end. Of yeah, life, and, and so you know, if, if Darren Sproles was in the game, it was exclusively pass. If Mark Ingram was in the game, it was almost exclusively run. They would run your your garden variety play action every once in a while, but. You know, it's just, it just, you knew it was coming. If Pierre Thomas was in the game, you knew it was a screen or that he was there to block. Um, so what, what I'd like to see the Saints do this year is become less predictable. In other words, be more interchangeable. Like, we're just going to call this play call, and then whoever's in there at running back is going to fulfill the duty of that play. And it doesn't matter if it's a run, it's a pass, you're in protection, you're going out to try to catch the ball it's a short yardage situation, whatever, you're the back that's in there, you carry out that play. And I feel like they should have confidence that Kyrie Robinson, Mark Ingram, and Pierre Thomas, all three of them, can do an adequate job regardless of the play call. Yeah. And I think I feel like the Saints have only really had the confidence in PT to carry out all the variety of things that they want to do. In other words, he was the one back that they could have in there 
that could carry out the play regardless of the play call. Um, you know, he had the versatility, but Ingram was always in there only for inside running and kind of Kyrie Robinson too. So you're looking to expand those guys' role, and, and in turn what that does is make the offense less predictable. Yeah. All right, Kevin, here's a question I know you can answer, even though you don't watch the game. All right. Yeah. I'm writing the Channel 4 column this week, and I'm looking at special teams, and we got into uh, – me, Andrew, and a couple other people were arguing back and forth about the Saints special teams. And according to, to, to Football Outsiders – Saints special teams suck balls and are ranked 24th out of 32. And their field goal unit is the worst. That I know is bad. So, so Kevin. If, if, it, weren't, if it wasn't for Thomas Morstead, they'd rank 36th. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin. Out of, 30, we know, out of 32 teams. We know if you've watched, I'm sure if, if we all ha- as we all have, we've watched the 2009 highlights and the, the playoffs and all that 5,000 times. So, we know – you gotta have special teams. You got the, the the ambush, Garrett Hartley making three field goals in the Super Bowl, the, the the kick to win the NFC Championship. And look, even that year, the Saints special teams weren't great. Hartley had great moments in the playoffs. But how good does the Saints special teams have to be, in your opinion, for it to not be an anchor that fucking sinks their 2014 season? Um. Hmm. Like a B, like a solid B. I mean, if as long as he's uh, and I don't even know who he is, because apparently the guy that they had kicking fucking missed an extra point. <laughs> it was the, it well, was the he it, was paying attention. He was. It was. A, it was. The, it was. You know, it's a, it's a 33 yard field goal in the preseason because they're tweaking the extra point distance. But still. Um, But like, I don't know who the he's going to be. So as long as they're not missing extra points or or missing uh, field goals from like inside 30 yards not not inside the 30 yard line but but here's I, the thing Kevin I, I, I mean he, he, here's the thing I don't think in the entire Sean Payton era I've ever seen a field goal kicker line up for a kick and not be ready to wet myself <laughs> <laughs> In the Back. entire Sean Payton era, that might be the one, the one huge thing that 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 you can point to. Well, here's the thing that you said they need you need you, you said they need to have a, a like a B level yeah, special B. team. Andrew, I don't feel like they're at a B right now. No, I, I think they're like a I think they're like a maybe a C maybe. And you get- I, I made the comment that I think the kicker situation is worse off now than it was when we were kind of bat- batting back and forth between John Carney and Garrett Hartley. Because oh, way, way worse. Right, way- right, right now, I don't think – I don't. Dimke has been on four teams. He's yet to make a roster. Um, he's, he's seemed pretty good in camp. In fact, I, I feel like he's outkicked Graham. Um, but I mean, to, to say that he's as good as Hartley, I mean, Art Hartley was an 80% career kicker uh, above 80% for, for like five seasons. So, um, I'm not sure Dimke is ready to duplicate that yet. And, uh, I don't think Graham's as good as Carney was, um, you know, and, and the thing is the one thing about Graham was the saints were kind of foregoing leg strength no, with, if- the, with the promise that they were going to get a guy that was. Automatic rock, inside. Rock, yeah, automatic inside 40. 
And the he, fact that he misses a 33-yarder, that's that's what he's supposed to be good at. That's like, that's supposed to be his if, automatic. If 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 Graham if Graham is not 95% inside of 40 yards, he's like Cafe Dumont without beignets. There's no point. <laughs> well, I would say there's no point in going to Cafe Dumont even with the beignets. Boom! Shots fired. Go to morning yeah. call. Yeah. <laughs> well, morning either, morning either, call is amazing. Morning even morning call without beignets. Look, I mean, so. I would say if 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 you the the thing that I'm most concerned about is special teams. Kevin, is is that where you are right now? Um, yes, until you guys just spelled out how utterly fucked the team would be in the uh, in the secondary, <laughs> because because I had visions. Ralph, you promised me we were going to get a seven. You promised we were going to get seven safeties. I did. In the backfield, and we were getting possible. four guys up front and seven safeties, and, and it was going to be glorious. And I'm not seeing my glory. No, you're not. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's still – I mean, Andrew, how many – Andrew, how many how, – the secondary, how many do you think they'll keep total? Well, I think they'll keep five safeties and five corners. They'll, they'll probably keep ten secondary guys total. I mean, if, you know, special teams can always make or break a spot, so it could be nine, it could be eleven, but I think ten is probably if, what you can expect. If 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 Patrick Robinson doesn't get healthy, and Champ Bailey is not healthy, how do they? How can they keep Champ Bailey on the opening day roster if both of those guys are banged up? I, Oh, I remember one year the Saints had seven. I mean, I remember this was when Jason David was kind of on the chopping block, you know, towards the end, and they ended up keeping him, and they had seven corners on the 53-man roster. I remember they did that one year how much, uh, how, under, under Sean Payton. How so, much danger is Champ Bailey of not making this roster, you think? Zero. zero. I mean, I, I think he's in danger of being put on IR if, you know, he, has another, if he has another setback. Yeah. Uh, you know, so in other words, if, if, you know, he's back at practice now and he looks like he's on the men, but if he were to re-injure himself and it would shelve him for an indefinite period of time, uh, I think the Saints would say, okay, let's, let's cut the cord. You're on IR for the year. Maybe we bring you back in six weeks or whatever, but um, I, I don't see a scenario where they flat out cut him. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Kevin, I'm worried about the, I'm worried about the secondary too. Um, I know me and you are excited about the pirate uh, Stanley Jean Baptiste, and I said if they if they if yar they have, yar if, you have, if they have to play him, uh, you know it would be it would be terrible. Um, Asante Samuel for the Falcons, formerly the Falcons, is still out there, Kevin. Um, how would you feel if the Saints signed his decomposing body? No. <laughs> oh, we already look. We already brought in the aging and aging guy in Champ Bailey. I don't feel like doing that again. If we're, di- I mean, if you're going to bring in a guy that you're not expected to have confidence in, bring in a young guy. Yeah. Don't bring in. Don't bring in the, the an old guy. Uh, like, I, and and I, I know everybody's crapping themselves. You know, the dozen or so people that actually consistently listen and are like, hey, Mike McKenzie, Mike McKenzie. Yes, yes, yes. If my if the Mike McKenzie situation were as common as 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 we'd like to think it is, we probably wouldn't have gotten Mike McKenzie. Right. Mm. If for every Mike McKenzie and Darren Sharper that makes a glorious return, 
Um, there's hundreds, hundreds of guys that are epic failures. There's Tabucky Jones. Right. <laughs> Tabucky Jones wasn't even old. Yeah, yeah Tabucky like Jones Olin, wasn't even good in his prime. Olin Krutz. He's yeah. A, he's a guy. I mean, Dan Morgan. Dan, lest we forget Dan Morgan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Steve Breston. Oh Lord. Jake Reed. Oh. I mean, yeah. I mean, Andrew. Dale Carter. <laughs> exactly. Um, before I get to uh, Brandon Cooks and the possibility that he's a magician slash wizard, um, <laughs> the Saints, with the offensive line, the tackle position has been a concern, and. I just I was watching watching that first preseason game, seeing Glenn Foster uh, and Tyron Walker just destroying. I know it's the Rams second and third teams, but seeing them destroy people and watching these other preseason games, I see a lot of teams that could use them. And not that the Saints would cut them, obviously, but if you're the Saints, how would do you think the Saints would be worried enough about depth at offensive tackle that they would call up a team and say, hey, random NFL team, would you like Tyron Walker for your left tackle or a guy who's who's your number one backup tackle who can play guard and tackle? Do you right, think like that- the, the, the Bryce Harris of – some other team that's actually but better than Bryce that's, Harris. Yeah, that's better. Right. Do you think that's a possibility? I wouldn't rule it out, but I just think defensive line is such a strength for the team right now. Um, and, and they they just have an awesome rotation. I mean, with Jenkins coming in, Jenkins just got back, and you know he, he spells Bunkley. And then you've got Cam Jordan and, and Akeem Hicks being spelled by Glenn Foster and Tyron Walker. I mean, what an awesome situation. In fact, one or two guys go down, and you still feel pretty good about what you've got. I mean, I, I feel like Glenn Foster or Tyron Walker are good enough to start a game and give you quality snaps at that position. Um, and they're versatile guys. I mean, Walker can kind of go inside and out. So, um I, I don't really – that's a strength of, of the team. I really feel like defensive line is the strongest yeah. it's maybe ever been. I mean, I, wow. I really I really think this defensive line is every bit as good as kind of the Frank Warren, Jim Wilkes era of the Dome Patrol. I mean, I, this is a very, very strong well, defensive better. line. Well, it's better. It's better at – I think it's I think it's better at pass rushing for certain. Oh, no question. The yeah, run defense so. might the run defense might be a little better because Jim Wilkes and Frank Warren's they could they could they could secure that edge and, and it was hard to run on them. The Saints are a little not as good there, but I mean the pass rushing I don't think it's I don't think it's a comparison. No, know? yeah. Well, they also had Wayne Martin on those uh, yeah, defensive line. He was a good pass rusher, but no, I, I think. Uh, the bottom line is you don't mess with the good thing. When that's a real strength of the team, I don't think you deplete that. Um, now, I'm not going to lie. I stand by what I said much earlier in this training camp, which is, you know, we talked about which position are the, can the Saints least afford injury. Um, and to me, that's offensive tackle. I mean, I, I think Teron Armstead, from everything we've heard, is everything we hoped for and then some. I mean, I really think he's going to come out. And if he stays healthy, he's going to have a great season. He looks like he's making that step. And I like Zach Streif a lot. I, I think the Saints trust him, and he's a leader, and he, he's a good fit at right tackle. Uh, but if something happens to either of those guys, I just really feel like the Saints really have no one um, that can step in and give them a they tried snap. to They tried to claim – I forget the guy's name now, but 
Seattle right. injury waived someone, and the Saints put a claim in. They didn't get him because I think the Cleve, Browns are awful. I think yeah. yeah, because the Browns are the Browns. Um, but I agree, and, and I'll say this about uh, Tyrone Armstead: I think he's going to be in two ye- in two years when he's a con- when his contract is up. I think he's going to be the first tackle of the Sean Payton, Mickey Loomis era, where they're like. Yeah, we're going to pay him because Grubbs and Evans by then will be on the decline and they'll have spots along the offensive line where they can pay big money. I think they'll yeah. be like, yeah, Armstead, and we're not going to let him walk like the rest of the people. Yeah, I agree. And, um, well, I, I think if you were to ask me what position the Saints are most likely to pick up a guy – at 53-man cuts. In other words, at final cuts, you know, there's kind of that last waiver period where you can poach a guy that just got cut from another team. Um, and every year it seems like – I don't think last year it happened, but that's how the Saints picked up Raphael Bush. And you know, I, I feel like every year the Saints maybe pick up one or two guys um, that they add from a different team that was cut. Um, and he ends up making the roster for the yeah. Saints. And, and so I wouldn't be surprised. I would, I, if I had to guess, I would guess that it's going to be a tackle from some other team. Oh, definitely. Um, Kevin and me, um, and, and probably you too, Andrew, we, we love the uh, Drew McGarry um, Why Your Team Sucks edition. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 fantastic. Although I have to say this is the third year of him doing it, Kevin. I feel like it's getting a little repetitive, and these these aren't as good as the first year and the and the second year of them. But if you follow Deadspin, you know that he does it by t- division. And tomorrow will be why your team sucks, the New Orleans Saints edition. Uh so Kevin, last year to open his why your team sucks edition, basically he made fun of the Saints. For, for hiring Rob Ryan. Um, and his whole thing was Rob Ryan, uh, he did it in character of Rob Ryan saying New Orleans was the perfect city for him because it gets him. And it actually came true. Rob Ryan was the savior of the Saints. So do you have any theories of what Drew McGarry is going to throw out tomorrow about why the Saints suck? Knowing that he attacks the fan base as much as the team itself. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna say he's gonna accuse the fan base of bandwagoning after 2006 hardcore. Uh, he's gonna find he's gonna he's gonna find a way to mil- you, uh, work in gumbo 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 Police rebuilding car. rebuilding hope gumbo gumbo like that. He, I mean, literally in that order. That he's going to say it, those exact words in that order. Yeah, and, I, and, and and you know what? I'm gonna laugh my ass off reading it because it's kind of true. It's because it's him doing it. Yeah, it's kind of true, and it's funny the when he does it. When when asshole Chicago fan, uh, Chicago Bears fan does it, uh, I want to throw him in fucking Lake Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this will be a discussion of you know with the the one thing that really. Um, he hasn't gotten in, into good into the, the good teams yet, but you know because he he, he asks fans to you know send send an email as to why your team sucks, and to me, if you're a Jacksonville fan, of course you vent and anger. But for the Saints, Andrew, I feel like since 2006, if you're really really bitching and angry about the product that the Saints have given us, you're sort of like the one percenter. That's bitching about how you 
your dad didn't get you a Porsche for college graduation. He only got you a Mercedes. Yeah. Um, but do you think has the, Andrew has the Saints fan base? Have we gotten a little bit arrogant and out of control? I don't feel like I don't feel like we have. Um, due to technical difficulties, we now move ahead in this podcast due to the incompetence of the host running Skype. You will receive a full refund, and please donate so this doesn't happen again. All right, yep. tap tap technical difficulties once again, Ralph. <laughs> you blew it. Thanks. Yep. Uh, although, so anyway, what I was saying was, I think guys like us and some fans that we talk to on Twitter that are like us, um, that have grown up as Saints fans and had a generation previous to us, kind of teach us the history. Um, I don't think we're as jaded because we, we remember kind of the bad times. But I, the problem when you win is you accrue a whole new fan base. And I was telling you, Ralph, moving to Virginia, I see Saints stickers on cars fairly regularly, and it's not people from New Orleans. It's Virginia people that have never set foot in Louisiana. And it, it's like it's like when we were kids and everyone was either a 49ers fan or a Cowboys fan, and when a team wins, they just gain a fan base. They gain more fans across the world, really. And uh, so I think the Saints just picked up a lot of randoms in 2009, and there's also a generation behind us that you know maybe started paying attention around the 2000s and what they've experienced other than maybe one god awful Hazlitt season is a lot of winning and so they're kind of spoiled and so you talk about the new fan base and the young new orleanian fan base they i think they are a little spoiled and i think that is the part of the fan base that is maybe you know not being realistic about how much they should appreciate what's going on right now. Yeah, we're like uh, we're like parent we're like uh, parents talking about the depression. You yeah, need to appreciate it. having food on the table, youngin. Let's face uh, it, we're <laughs> old. We're old, man. We are. So our fearless leader Dave is joining us now. Dave, when you obviously so nice of you to show up. Why am I the fearless leader if I'm the last guy showing up? Well, because you you run Canal Street Chronicles and that's where the majority of people find us, so you're the leader. All right. Um, so tomorrow, you obviously, Drew McGarry is going to post the thing that why your team sucks, and I th- I think there'll be probably oh, someone someone will post it as a fan shot on on the Chronic, and it'll get a lot of response. How do you think the majority of people at the at Canal Street Chronicles will react to it as they start to comment about it? Do you think they'll be pissed off about it? And, no, no, or, nobody's getting pissed off about that. I think they're going to laugh their ass off. You, you have to. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think Colts fans got really pissed off at Drew, Drew McGarry. Well, that sounds about right for Colts fans. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, like the whole thing's a joke. He's he and he's very funny when he does it that, you know, I read the Atlanta one this year and I thought the Falcons one was good. And I mean, you know, that, that's where we got the whole derp derp gumbo derp derp. I mean, that comes from that <laughs> that article that he did like two years ago when he did the Saints one two years ago. Um, so, I mean, you have to just laugh. It's 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 totally, you know, it's he makes fun of us. And some of it's not like we're not it's not like we're perfect here, people. I mean, Saints fans and New Orleanians like we have Wait, we're not. Little, no, no. We have our own little things and uh, we're just as susceptible to being teased as any anybody else. Dave, that's uh, bullshit. Dave, since you just <laughs> since you just joined us, and unlike Kevin, I'm pretty certain you watched the game. Um, 
I didn't is... just join you. I was I was writing you Skype messages while you guys were talking. I know. I we should read those back so everybody knows my, you you know, what was going on. I know. <laughs> um, uh, is Brandon is Brandon Cooks a wizard? He's terrible. Now he's terrible. He's just gonna have a terrible year. Uh, I don't even know what the Saints were thinking drafting him, and uh, and I wish he would just go back to Oregon. I don't even want him. I don't even like. We're him. we're not talking about Sean Canfield. <laughs> um, uh, I uh, is he a wizard? He's he's a wizard when it comes to football skills and football talent. Absolutely, he's very awesome. He's the most awesomest draft pick uh, of the last few years that I can remember, assuming everything goes to plan. Um, I think he's more Reggie Bush than Reggie Bush was. Better, it's going to be hard, maybe, but better rookie. Will he have a better rookie season than Reggie Bush, Dave? I think he's going to have. I think he's going to be more Reggie Bush than Reggie Bush was. Uh, Reggie Bush's rookie year was 1,200 combined yards and, and he, uh, I, t- I, touchdowns. I know, and I and, and and you would think that he had a horrible rookie year by uh, if you read comments on blogs back then, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think there were blogs back in 2006 for the Saints. Um, Probably not. But, but, the but, dreaded uh, Saints report. I, I could see him. That's not a blog. That's a message board. Totally different. <laughs> um, I, uh, I definitely see him. He could definitely easily put up more than 1,200 yards uh, combined this season for sure. That's definitely feasible. Right. Man, so, you, you dog Saints report, but I know in the early years of Canal Street Chronicles – your hits were like 50% Saints report, man. When uh, when we first started Canal Street, I actually read Saints report. I mean, I, you know, I actually would regularly frequent there, and I honestly cannot tell you the last time that I have I have even checked in over there. Uh, yes, I, really, I really don't ever stop by there anymore. Um, My regular place of visit back then was the NOLA.com Saints forum. Oh my God! God, I don't really? miss that. Your your IQ probably dropped twenty points just going in there. Yep. Um, I do go to the only thing I go to Saints Report for is they have a they have a thread for people that want old Saints games. I've seen that. Yeah. And uh, if if you if I'm like, man, what what about this year? I can try to go in there and find a game, and they might have a link to it somewhere, and I can watch it because I'm a nerd and I want to watch the 1983 Saints Jets game at two in the morning. Um. <laughs> So, uh, I'll start with you, Kevin. Why am I? I I'm going to ask you a question about the this, the game this, this Friday, and I <laughs> you couldn't even watch the game in St. Louis. How are you? So going I guess to you didn't get free tickets, Kevin. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Andrew, what player needs to kick a little ass Friday to really secure a spot? For the roster? Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say Victor Butler, but he's not even going to play. So uh, that's not too good for him. I mean, I, I think Rod Sweeting, I'll throw that out as a, as a guy that was on the team last year on the 53-man roster. Um, I think he's squarely on the bubble right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to have a pretty big game. And he, he's kind of battling, I think, a guy like Trevin Wade. Um, and so Wade's another guy who I think played pretty well on special teams, uh, in the first game, but that's a guy that needs to play well. Uh, you know, I think Traverse Cadet is pretty safe. Um, I don't think Flanders and Strozier, uh, really did much to, to threaten him. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that Cadet has a guaranteed spot either. So I think that's another guy, uh, that maybe needs to step it up. 
besides that, I would say, you know, another guy is Senio Kilmete, the guard. Um, ben Grubbs is coming back. He's probably going to play this game, but that's a guy that's kind of the interior lineman that could make sense. I mean, I've thought all along that whoever lost the Goodwin-Lolito battle at center uh, would be the backup interior lineman, and usually they only keep one. Uh, but this Kelamete guy played really well in that preseason game. He's looked good in camp, and out of nowhere, he's kind of this guy that they found under a shoe, and uh, he, he's performing really well. So that's another guy that I think has kind of surprised us. Could could he be pressing Goodwin for a roster spot? I hate to say that, but maybe. Um, I, I mean, I still – I mean, maybe this is wishful thinking, but uh, I still think Goodwin makes sense as a starter over Lolito. I just – I don't know that Lolito is ready um, to start at center um, and make the line audible calls when he's never played center in his life. I just but they can't cut. They can't. They can't cut Lolito because one, they can't put him on the practice squad, and two, he'd be claimed. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it. I think Goodwin is not. I, I don't think he's guaranteed a roster spot. You know, yeah. I. I still think if I had to guess, I still think he's going to be the starting center week one. But I also think he he's not guaranteed a roster spot. Dave, I feel like your boy Nick Toon needs mm-hmm. to do a little something to make the roster. Uh, I think he's a lock, man. Yeah, man. I mean, he definitely looked good last week. I don't think he needs to do something to make the roster, but he needs to he needs to not screw up. <laughs> yeah. uh, he needs know, to not I mean, Brandon Coleman the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, if we're talking about wide receivers who uh, who didn't come through when they should have, Brandon Coleman is definitely uh, on on that list for sure. But um, yeah, he just needs. To, I, I think if Nick Toon just plays, has a, even if he has a quiet game, but if he, you know, catches a couple of passes, as long as he's not dropping passes or doing something stupid, um, yeah, I think that he probably makes the roster. Um, you know, and obviously we don't watch all aspects of the game. I have to admit, I mean, I'm not watching the game three, four times over, and I'm not seeing how Nick Toon is blocking on every play. And I mean, the coaches are looking at that kind of stuff. They're not just—it's not just about uh, how he runs his route or whether he catches the ball when it comes to him. But there's a lot of other little things that go into it, like blocking and that kind of stuff. So, um, but uh, to answer your question, I think more so than. He needs to have a good game. I just think he needs to not have a bad game. I think I think Meacham and Joe Morgan are more on high alert than Nick Toon. Yeah, I feel like I, Me- I feel I like. Mean, Me- but to be honest with you, Morgan Morgan for sure. I mean, Meacham has got he's got veteran. He, they were just talking about this on Bobby and Deke were just talking about this on the drive home. I mean, Meacham has the advantage of knowing the roster. I mean, knowing the playbook obviously and and knowing all the audibles and routes and all that kind of stuff and has the rapport, more more of a rapport with Breeze. So I think he's got the leg on Morgan but in that situation. Dave, here's my theory on Meacham is I think the Saints, if they're in that room and they're trying to decide between Morgan and Meacham, I think the Saints could say, you know what? We can cut Robert Meacham and no one will claim him. And if we need him, we can come back and get him. Whereas if they cut Morgan – Morgan had interest from other teams and free agency minorly. So I think they might think they could maybe get by with cutting Meacham and Clayton. And if they needed him later on, get him. Eh, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't 
The only part of that that I don't agree with is I'm not sure how much interest there would be for Joe Morgan. I don't know. I could be wrong. It depends on what they put on tape uh, in the next three games, really. But, I mean, if, if we're comparing blocking ability, Morgan and Meacham, uh, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember specifically in that last game, I thought Morgan was kind of was, was way lazy out there on that Josh Hill yeah. catch and run. I mean, I felt like Morgan was just standing around out there. Yeah. All right, we got Twitter. Before we get to Twitter questions, uh, Robin Williams, of course, died yesterday, committed suicide. Um, and I'm looking for a Robin Williams movie to watch earlier today. Kevin's uh, microwaving something. No, that's my wife actually microwaving something. <laughs> actually, I just finished grilling two pork chops. Yeah. Oh, uh, so fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so Robin Williams passed away. Kevin, I'll start with you. What's your favorite Robin Williams movie. He's got a lot of great movies. He's got a lot of shitty movies, too. I hate to say Oh, yeah. That. I mean, like, Patch Adams is just an abortion of a movie. Oh. When, you, when, you make a, when you make a lot of films, they're not yeah, all Yeah, no, fair. Yeah, you're gonna, yeah, I heard stuff. someone say today that Patch Adams was their favorite Robin Williams movie. Oh, my Williams God. Slap him in the face. Okay, uh, look. I, I No, no, no. I'm not going to say – I'll defend Patch Adams briefly. Oh, my God. So like, it's hey, not – What's your favorite Robin Williams movie of all time? <laughs> Fuck you, Kevin. Let's find out. Yeah, she she picked Mrs. Doubtfire. So, Kevin, defend Patch Adams in 20 seconds, and then give me your favorite Robin Williams movie. It's just a, it's just nice to see Robin Williams be a goofball and cheering up uh, sick people. I don't know. All right. I don't know. I just the, I, the I, movie wasn't real. <laughs> he wasn't actually cheering up sick people. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't. I, it's funny. You've, you've rendered Kevin's speech. Right. I know. I, wait a minute. I thought he was. What do you What do you mean he wasn't cheering up sick people? It's a movie. I mean, I mean, Robin Williams himself wasn't actually cheering up sick people. It was a movie. <laughs> but I mean, it was a yeah. movie about it. It's a It's a real life story. The Patch Adams. Right. It's a movie the, about a guy, a real life guy who was doing that. And in and in real life. Robin Williams has done work with St. Jude's Hospital. Okay. Uh, okay, well, that's good, but that, okay. that has nothing to do with Patch Adams. <laughs> All right, well, Kevin, the best Robin Williams movie. Uh, I'm just – I'm going to take uh, – I'm, I'm going to take the the easy way out and just – and knock Goodwill Hunting out right now. Just I, – I loved him in that movie. Andrew? Yeah, Goodwill Hunting would have been my pick too. I'll say this um, – as a kid growing up, um, and I was young, you know, for a lot of these movies. So I remember Hook and, and a lot of those other movies. And, that, and when I was a kid, those were impactful on me because I liked movies like that at that point. Um, but I really liked Aladdin, and he was the genie in Aladdin. And he was hilarious in that movie. That character was awesome. And I just remember as a kid being obsessed with the genie um, because I thought he was hilarious. So I'm pretty sure I, I read know. today that he improvised everything in that movie. Yeah, yes. I, I'm, I'm going to pick a lot, and I know that's kind of a out there, like, kitty cartoon movie, but for me at the time, that, I was crazy about that movie, and that was my favorite character. Dave? Uh, his And look, this is actually a, a movie topic that I can actually talk Discuss. about. Stun. <laughs> Stun. I know. Can you believe it, Kevin? Uh, no. I hope somebody's recording this. Wait, um, Dave, you've actually seen a movie with Robin Williams in it? <laughs> yeah, I've seen a, a lots of them. Uh, his best movie, I would say, was, I mean, Goodwill Hunting. He was great in the movie, and I thought that movie was good. Um, but uh, my favorite movie that he was in was, uh, Andrew mentioned it, Hook. 
I like loved that movie when I was a kid. I must have been what what year did that movie come out? Like ninety, ninety one? Hang on, that might have been late eighties. On my computer right now. Book nineteen ninety one, December eleventh. Okay, yeah. So I was I was nine years old, and uh, I remember I went to the movie theater three times to see that movie. Um, And and, you know, obviously it's just a Peter Pan adaptation, but uh, I love that movie. I can still watch that movie and uh, Bangarang. Bangarang, indeed. My (laughs) wife says all she knows him is Mork. Um, I'm, I, actually, you know what? I used to watch Morgan Mindy like, when I was I mean, a kid. Morgan yeah, Mindy, the show. final, the final season where they have a baby and it's Jonathan Winter and he ages backwards, is just <laughs> fantastic. Uh, um, I wanted to move to Boulder, Colorado, because of that show. <laughs> my fate, probably my favorite Robin Williams movie is probably Good Morning Vietnam. I just, oh, that was a great one. I love that movie. I love politics and him making fun of Nixon and. Lyndon Johnson, uh, it's just it's fantastic. Um, but I'm gonna recommend a really really terrible Robin Williams movie. It's so terrible that it's good. It's called Shakes the Clown. Never even heard of that. It's got Bob, it's got Bobcat Goldthwait. I love Bobcat Goldthwait. Uh, Adam now, Sandler. He is an acting genius. Adam Sandler, the old black woman from Sanford and Son. Oh, and Esther? Yeah, and Esther. <laughs> and she's just foul-mouthed. It's just great. And they go around – they film this movie in 10 days, and they go around beating up mimes. What? It's a city of clowns. Like Adam Sandler and Bobcat are clowns, and Robin Williams is a mime. And they drive around trying to beat the shit out of them. It's just terrible. What? It's just a terrible, terrible movie, but they're oh all God. on You're drugs. not really selling me on this. It's, they're all on <laughs> drugs, and what? if you can find it on Netflix or somewhere for a dollar, buy it and watch it, and you'll laugh like three you times. You know, De- Dead Poets Society was another yeah, one that Dead Poets was amazing. Yeah, Dead Poets Society was good too. Um, and his, stand- his stand-up from the 80s, like his HBO special, like Live at Carnegie Hall, it's just amazing, but – um, now we get to Twitter questions. So, um, and, and we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Dave, uh, that the, fa- the, the people like went crazy to be in our fantasy football league. We could have done two team, two, two leagues of 12, but I told uh, you, that's why I said you need to think about setting up a second league or do. a third league. We might, uh, but Mitch, well, we might've done that, Dave, if you weren't so down on it. Yes. No, I I just didn't want you to play. You kind of wrecked it. our confidence because you were like, yeah. "Oh, I don't want to play in something shitty like you." I said I didn't want to with play you with guys. Me. But I knew that other people were going to want to play and I was the one that said you need to think about what happens if you have more people we than did. you have teams. You were, we you were didn't right. fucking listen to me. No. <laughs> we turned away we, we turned away good money, but if you still want to donate, you can still well, that's a slap in the face. I'm just saying if you like the podcast. Um, but uh, our first fantasy question, and I'll start with you, Kevin, and we can go around the horn quickly for this. Uh, Mitch wants to know, can you guys come up with a fantasy football team name for me? Hmm. You're asking the wrong me. I'm the one who had to crowdsource my team name. Well, I think I think you always got to go Saints-related. And I, I mean, I'm always a big fan of the play on words. Yeah. Um, so I think you you got to pick a guy on the roster, and then play on word off of his last name. Um, 
you know, so something like that. I, I was a big, I was the Colston Creamery last year. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good one. <laughs> it is pretty good. Um, yeah. yeah, so I you don't got know. A, you got something with Cooks there, I'm sure, like. What, like, yeah. what can we do with Cooks? Well, I already picked for this year. I'm going to be – he went to Jairus, so I picked that one. You could do Cooks and Liars. Oh, I like that. Oh, okay. So. Okay. I was thinking more of the culinary Cooks, but uh, I see what you did there. Uh, anybody else? Kev, anybody else? Cook, have, cooks yeah. a million? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. That's actually pretty good. Cooks a million. Yeah. You know, cause oh, it's like yeah, cooks right. a million, but he's roasting all the DBs too. No. Anybody? Kevin, this is this is N8, and it's not really a question. I got a question. Could you guys, Kevin in parentheses, please stop eating during the podcast? It's fucking annoying. Didn't he? Didn't didn't he already do that earlier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that I might guess, have been me actually. Uh-huh. I guess we know the answer to that question. <clears throat> Hang on a second. <laughs> Okay, so I would just like to respectfully decline this uh, this person's offer. Yeah. <laughs> um, Andrew, this is a serious football question, and then even though you guys are going to make fun of me forever and ever, uh, I ate – uh, five guys, and it is just tearing me up. I have to do a, an emergency bathroom break. <laughs> no, stop. So, no uh, how do you see the defensive backs? Well, uh, actually, this is from Boat Lawyer. Third and long to ice the fourth preseason game. Do you bet Tanner to get the ball three to two odds or take the field? Uh, go around the horn, take as long as you like, because I'm going to destroy my bathroom. Oh my God! <laughs> well, there goes Ralph. I hope he doesn't fall in. Jesus, I can't believe this. All right, so we have to pick between Andy Tanner and what the was, field. What was the What was the question again? I think it was something like with a game on the line late in the preseason. No, no, it, no. It's not in the preseason. It's 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 third and one, and. Uh, no, it has game. to be in the preseason because Andy Tanner, it's Andy Tanner or the field. I don't think oh. this person would, Boat Lawyer would assume that Andy Tanner's making the 53 man roster. Oh, is Boat Lawyer the same as Boat Rich or is that somebody else? Uh, I think that's different. <laughs> okay, anyway, so let's, by the way, people, this is what happens when we lose Ralph, who's like the center of everything and keeps everything. Yeah, he, running. Yeah, he, keep, he keeps us tight. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead. So answer. So you give your answer, and then I'll and then I'll go. Oh, well, I'm picking Andy Tanner. Obviously, at, at three to two odds. Well, yeah, because Cooks isn't going to be in the game anymore that late. So you basically your 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 choices are Brandon Coleman, who has clearly demonstrated at this point that he refuses to catch anything that hits him in between the numbers. Uh, you've got Shantavius, who has a cool name, and that's about it. Or you've got uh, Saints Report hero Andy Tanner, who um, you know, classic overachiever. And of course, he's of course he's going to make a big play in the final game, just to make it that much harder for the Saints to cut him. Um, so yeah, I I think his question was supposed to be 
if if you're it's 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 in a game and you're about to lock up a postseason berth. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't really like that question. Anybody else have any more Twitter questions? Kevin, are you still with us? Yes. Okay. Just just making sure you're still alive over there, buddy. Yep. Easy. I wonder how bad it smells right now in Ralph's house. What just said? Wait. What, what did he say happened when he ran off? He's five guys. Dump. Oh. He said that five guys uh, annihilated his insides. He's going to take a dump. <laughs> I mean, really, we should be spending this time making fun of him and making poop jokes. It's true. Uh, I mean, if people really couldn't stand me chewing, I don't know how they're going to handle poop jokes. <laughs> Did Wait, you guys hear that? His, yeah. wife, his wife just said, close the door. <laughs> okay, so now we know that Ralph takes dumps in front of his wife. This is all good info. This is all good to know. This is the kind of stuff America has been waiting to hear. To those of you, and none of you are allowed to do this, but to any of the other, to any of the our listeners who are actually in the Fantasy League with us, you are allowed to make your team name Ralph, <laughs> Ralph Poops with the door open. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Whoever was looking for a team name earlier, we've got a winner. I destroyed right. that. I destroyed that bathroom. They're gonna have to get a. They're gonna have to get a bowl of clean up, cleanup crew to get in there. Oh my God. I hereby well, said the next time Ralph the over under on days it takes Ralph to revisit Five Guys at ninety. <laughs> By the way, Ralph, we totally stayed on topic that whole time. We we just. Uh-huh. I'm sure you did. <laughs> um, we're out about. Wait, can you can you rephrase the question one more time, Ralph? I just want to make sure we got that right. The Andy Tanner question from Bo- well, Boat Lawyer. Don't, don't rephrase it. Just ask again. Oh well, yeah. Uh, third and long. The yeah, ice good def- point. <laughs> third, Touché. third and long the ice the fourth preseason game. Do you beat oh, Tanner to get boom? Fucking third? fourth preseason game. Yeah, you were right. I was Somebody paying. was paying attention. Do you get Tanner? Why my wife complains and I never listen. Do you, do you bet Tanner to get the ball three to two odds or take the field? I took Tanner. I don't even know. My body was in shutdown mode. I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> See, they, they do not do this on WWL. Bobby has never left the studio. Yeah, Sean, Pay- Sean Payton would never give you this kind of graphic injury report on Ralph. No. <laughs> no. I should have, you know, I, but full honesty here, we have no secrets. I mean, Kevin admitted to man whoring and he wasn't, that's why he didn't watch the game. Although it's not as bad as having to take an emergency dump in the middle. Maybe I should just do like a, the, uh, the technical difficulties again. So, uh, Ralph was, uh, he's out Ralph, with the stomach, with uh, out with the stomach. He's uh day to day. We're going to put him on the bike. <laughs> Yeah, we respond. This 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 podcast has really hit a new low. I mean, yeah. This is a new low for us. It is a new low. Nice that work, guys. I'm, that's it. You should be proud. Oh shit, that was good, Kevin. Malbro stomach. He's day to day. Yeah. <laughs> is it true? Can you confirm or deny that he took a dump on the 50 yard line? Can you confirm or deny that you took a dump with your wife watching? Uh, Coach Payton, Juge saw Ralph at the Greenbrier and he was in the bathroom uh, for the entire weekend. Can you confirm or deny? I don't talk about injuries. <laughs> so, um, Mike L., how many persons. Is it true you guys are feeding him bread? 
<laughs> Are you feeding him bread? Are you feeding him crackers and water? Is it too? Is it true he took too much too much doxidan? <laughs> <laughs> Mike L. Doxidan. <laughs> <laughs> and helium Collins made an appearance. Yeah. Uh, Mike L. wants to know, how many personal fouls will the Saints defense instigate and draw out of the Falcons week one? Kevin, I'll start. I'll throw that to you. Three. It's a random question. Yeah, it is. Three. Well, it's related to Kenny Vaccaro, right? Yeah. Um, I think Vaccaro gets two of them. I think think, uh, Junior Galette gets another one or draws another one. Yeah. And I <laughs> and I think the Falcons do a couple just because they need to be tough. Um, Madu- Mandula. Asks, yeah, there it is. Mandula. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm even worse at hosting than normal. Uh, he asks most likely to happen. Andrew Obama does the ice bucket challenge, or Kevin wins the fantasy football league. Uh, I pick number three. Uh, Ralph pronounces Akeem Hicks correctly. Akeem Hicks. I'll have it by week five. <laughs> wait, wait. wait. This, this, somebody asked, answer this question to me about the ice bucket challenge. So every time I see somebody post one of these challenges and they challenge somebody else, they say you have 24 hours to accept the challenge or donate $100 to ALS, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But everybody winds up making the video. Making the video is your way to get out of donating. So I don't understand. So basically, all that's winding up is happening is people are just fucking posting videos on Facebook of dumping ice water on themselves and not actually donating anything. Dave, welcome to white America. I mean, what the hashtag doing something. And second of all, (laughs) all those people that are making those videos don't have the bucket of water and then the ice cube separately and then just put the ice cubes in the water right before you pour it on your head. That's fucking cheating. Put the ice cubes in the bucket of water and let it sit there for a good 30 fucking minutes get that water nice and cold you people are copping out on this shit and third of all stop making fucking videos and just donate the goddamn money my sister did my sister did the ice bucket challenge she hopped into a uh she got into a like a a metal tub of ice water and submerged herself for a good 10 seconds i applaud that that is and then and then And then my niece and my nephew, who are, I think, 12 and 8, respectively, did it. Okay, so did they donate money? Yeah. Okay, but the way that it's worded on on Facebook, it says you have 24 hours to accept the challenge or donate $100. So you either do one or the other. It doesn't say – I, I, I don't get it. The whole thing is... Yeah, aren't you Aren't you a much better person if you don't do the ice bucket challenge? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Stop fucking – put the goddamn cameras down and just donate the money. Dave, do we need to watch uh, the Falcons on Hard Knocks? Yes. Oh, is that on? Oh, I think I'm recording. Oh, well, that's pleasant. That's great. <laughs> that is good. We get, we get, is that from Kevin? That's from no. Kevin. No. <laughs> Ralph, obviously. No, it wasn't uh, me. Yeah, you got to watch Hard Knocks. Uh, I always watch Hard Knocks every year, regardless of what team it is. And it's actually more interesting that it's the Falcons. But I will say this. I watched last week's episode. And, uh, I mean, they are just fucking boring. They are just a boring team. There is nothing interesting about them. They are so bland. 
It is a, from what I've heard, I've seen clips of on YouTube. It seems pretty. I mean, they they, they promoted the sandals that Mike Smith wears. It was part of the promo. I mean, it's, it's mandals, right? Mandals. Uh, I'm more embarrassed for him than I am for myself having to take a shit in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> That's how shameful the mandals are. All right. Last well, we've, we've been teaching my son. The one thing you need to know is that everybody poops. It's cool. <laughs> everybody poops. But not everybody eviscerates a bathroom like it was Hiroshima. <laughs> um, last question. Adam Poche says, if you only had two choices for the next Saints head coach and the choices were Jim Harbaugh or Pete Carroll – who do you choose? Oh, another, we keep getting these Harbaugh Carroll questions. They're all they're all the same, different wording, same thing. I would choose neither. I would. I would uh, you would move the team to San Antonio. Yeah, fuck it. Those are my two choices. Fuck it, we're out of here. More baseball. The London, the London Saints. I've got Tulane. That's all I need. I I don't I, I don't I, man it's a hard it's a hard call but if you Kevin if you got to make one who do you do Um hang on let me just finish eating. Let me just get this pork down <laughs> <laughs> I set you up for that That um, is definitely what she said <laughs> Um There's a uh, popular joke that I heard on a documentary about the Brooklyn Dodgers. I'm going to use it. Kevin just swallowed pork. <laughs> yes, I did. And it was mighty tasty. A little salty, mm. though. Mm-hmm. Mighty um, tasty. Hello, Clarice. Very chewy. Um, and I'm going to use it and try and adapt it to uh, modern terms. Well, actually, no, I'm not. Um... <laughs> You go into a room. <laughs> you're handed a six shooter with two <laughs> with two bullets in it. Actually, fuck it. Never mind. I can't. <laughs> the, the joke's not gonna fucking work. Long story short, neither. Okay, I'm just. Ah, god damn it. I, I I gotta draw this thing out on a fucking on a fucking napkin. Figure it out how the joke works now Jesus with Jesus Christ, Carol and Harbaugh. Fuck. The point is neither. All right. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't need I don't need our fucking coach yelling at people all the time and being just a general asshole and talking about his fucking khakis. And then and I don't need our coach and then I don't need our fucking coach talking about goddamn chemtrails or uh, or GNOs or some horse shit or uh, truther that he that, that he fucking saw on his Facebook wall. Or some jackass from Alex Jones tweeted at him or whatever. So fuck them both. Fuck them both. Seriously. Honestly. If there was a way, if there was a way that I could somehow move the city of Seattle. Well, yeah. And I'm willing to do this to get rid of him. If If I could move the city of Seattle and attach it to California and then pull a Lex Luthor and sink the entire West Coast. You'd do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. For America. I, yes, for America and for 
uh, yeah, for everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think on that's a, I think that's a fantastic way to end this podcast, which has been our best ever. <laughs> clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so go to Canal Street Chronicle. They have the comments, everything you need for the game. Uh, John Oliver's doing fun stuff every day. Uh, go to Saints Nation where Andrew is doing wonderful things with the roster and asking questions. And Kevin is on Twitter. <laughs> Doesn't watch Saints games. Yeah. Even them, even when they're in his backyard. He's it's tweeting not... about porn stars. Yeah. Tweeting about fucking human beings being viciously assaulted by fucking shitheads. <laughs> by I, I, fucking shitheads. No. I don't even know the story that you're referencing. Just yeah. go on Deadspin, man. Go on Deadspin of the big what, lead. Look for it. Like, is this like a favorite? Porn stars. Okay. Held, held when he's not man whoring, he's following porn stars on Twitter. So uh, on that note, for Kevin, for Andrew, for Dave, uh, I'm Ralph Polro <laughs> for our bathroom. Uh, until until next week uh, uh, be safe fuck you war machine everybody go to five guys